Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. Well, like many of you and all of us would say, if we're being honest, we've all prayed prayers that we felt like didn't get much above the ceiling, as the saying goes. Um, but all of us would also say we've prayed enough prayers that we've seen God answer to encourage us to continue to pray and uh, continue to lift our voices up to Him. And the thing about the truth is, as we study the Word of the Lord, we understand that even when it feels like our prayers are not being heard, they are. And uh, God, in His good time and in His way, will respond and do what is always best in this situation. But, you know, prayer is not just about, I don't think, getting answers. Um, but prayer is just a place of, I've learned a place of refuge for your heart. When you're overwhelmed and you're facing those things that you just feel like you will not make it, and when you just don't know what to do, then prayer is just a place of refuge. Prayer is a place where you can find strength and it helps you focus back on the God you serve more so than on the problem you face. And uh, prayer is a place where you can you find a fortress in your God. And uh, I'm thankful for that, for those times when I've been overwhelmed and have been able to find a place of rest in Him through prayer. And uh, I thank God for all He's done uh, in my life and... and uh, how he's matured me in my prayer life, and I know that you'd say the same, and uh, I'm thankful this morning. If you have your Bible, we're going to continue on in, in Galatians. We'll finish up chapter number three this morning, and that'll bring us uh, to the halfway point. We'll have chapter four, five, and six left, and, and I hope that uh, our study here has, has been a blessing to you and been helpful to your life, and I feel confident that God will continue to use his word to, to do that for you as we continue studying through uh, the book of Galatians, and uh, I know for me, as I'm, I'm sure as well for you, as you've been listening to my own thoughts and my own growth through studying these verses of uh, just refocusing my heart on Christ and helping me to fall more and more in love with Jesus, and uh, that's, uh, that's a concern of mine, or that's a vision of mine, if you will, for my life, for your life. I want us to grow in our love for Christ and continue to grow in our understanding of just how precious and wonderful he is for our lives. And um, the book of Galatians has certainly helped us to grow in that understanding. But we're in verses 26 and through 29, which will finish out chapter number 3. So if you're able this morning, I'll ask you to stand with me uh, as we read the word of the Lord in honor and reference to his word today. Here the Bible says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Father, we thank you for uh, the service so far today. God, thank you for the songs that have been sung. And uh, Lord, thank you for how they have encouraged our heart. God gave us strength and and uplifted us today, Lord. Thank you for prayer. God, thank you for the fact that we can come to you, God, with our, the things that burden us, with the things that overwhelm us. And God, we can find refuge in you. We can pour out our spirit unto you, Lord, as, as, Hannah, as Hannah described prayer in 1 Samuel, Lord. That's, that's what prayer is, God. We can just pour ourselves out to you. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to, to grow in our praying. Lord, help us to God, I ask that you'd deliver us from just the uh, vain repetitions. Lord, deliver us from just going through the motions of prayer. But Lord, help us to really sense our need and to really sense the greatness of God that we are encouraged to pray, that God, we rejoice in the opportunity to pray. 
And Lord, we thank you for hearing us, God, as small as we are, but Lord, you're still mindful of us, and we thank you for your greatness to where you're able to be mindful of me and everybody else in this congregation, as well as all of your people across the world. And Lord, I'm thankful for that. And uh, God, if there be somebody here today that's lost, Lord, I pray for their salvation. God, that the Spirit of God will begin to work in them and upon them, that they would look to Christ and put their faith in Him, that they might be saved. And God, for each of us here that have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, I ask that you would help us to grow in our faith. God, help us to grow in our understanding of Jesus and help us to grow in our devotion to Christ. And Lord, during this time, I ask that you would help us to have, a, uh, to be, have our hearts focused upon you and upon your word and what you have to say to us here today. Lord, give us uh, engagement with the text this morning. Lord, we love you. We thank you for first loving us. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing today. If I handle the text well at all this morning, if I handle it in a way that honors God and honors His Word, I, will, I feel like I will be like the tour guide who, when they're giving you a tour of whatever place you're at, they take you to the most beautiful sights for you to see. And the sight this morning that I want you to behold is Jesus Himself. I want to be like John the Baptist when he declared, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world, setting everyone's attention around him on the one whose shoes he was not worthy to unloose. You know, life brings a lot of discouragement. Life brings a lot of heartache. And life, as I believe as Mark has mentioned, life here lately seems to have brought a lot of heaviness. A lot of people that we know and a lot of people that we care about and that are special to us are facing a lot of sorrow, a lot of heartache, and a lot of just the nature of living in a cursed world. But if we will remove our focus from all those things and set our focus again upon Christ Jesus, our Redeemer, then He will bring the kind of light into our life, the kind of uh, blessing into our life that shines brighter than the sun, the way that Paul experienced the way that he did on his trip to Damascus. By staying focused on Jesus, you will see the epitome of God's goodness. You will see God's faithfulness. And you'll be able to soar above the discouragement, the heartache, and the heaviness that we often experience by living here in this world. Genesis 12, 3, to understand really all of chapter number 3, and even especially our verses this morning, we need to be reminded of the promise that God gave to Abraham way back in Genesis chapter number 12. God promised him that in him, along with other things, but he promised Abraham that in him all families of the earth would be blessed. As John MacArthur explains, that blessing is, that is given through the Abrahamic covenant is justification by faith. More importantly than John MacArthur's words or John MacArthur's explanations is Paul himself, the divinely inspired writer, has already explained in Galatians chapter number 3 and verse number 8 that the blessing that God has given to the world through Abraham is justification by faith. In verse number 8 of chapter 3, Paul says, or writes, And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So ultimately what God was, was uh, foresaying, if you will, or, or giving us insight to when He said, In thee shall all nations be blessed, ultimately what God was speaking of was that you and I as Gentiles and Jews too could be justified through faith in Christ Jesus. That that was our means of justification, of being made right with God. As Paul states then on in Galatians 8, or 3 verse 14, he says that the blessing of Abraham, 
that promise might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit, again, is through faith. Not through circumcision, not through keeping other aspects of the law, but that blessing that God gave through Abraham has come to you and I through Jesus Christ. God has fulfilled that promise through His Son. God has blessed the world by sending His Son into the world. And my task today is to draw your mind to this truth because that's what our text is doing. The text enables us to state with all confidence that all of our spiritual blessings come through Jesus. So I want you to consider this morning how all of your blessings rain down on you through Jesus. All of us this morning would say we enjoy many wonderful blessings from God. If I were to ask what your greatest blessing God has given you is, what would you say? A lot of times our mind may go to our husband, our wife, or our, our children, or I have a nice home I get to go home to when we dismiss our service. I'll have plenty of food to eat when I go home. I have clothes to wear. I, I'm, not, I'm not lacking anything. I have a good family. I have a good job. A lot of times our, our, when we think of blessings, our mind goes to those things, and certainly those are things that God has given us that we should be thankful for. But ultimately, this morning, after we study the text together, I think and I'm confident that we can all say and leave here with the certainty and the truth on our mind that the greatest thing God has ever given us is Jesus Christ. He's the greatest blessing that He has ever given us. And you are blessed, but it's not primarily because you have shoes on your feet. It's not primarily because you have food to eat. It's not primarily because you have a good husband or wife and children that God has blessed you with. The first and foremost reason that you're blessed today is because of Jesus. So I want us to discover afresh that Jesus Christ is God's ultimate blessing to you and me. So look with me in verse number 26. We see for one reason that this is true, that all of our blessings come through Christ Jesus is because Jesus makes us a child of God. He says, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. The important thing to consider here is how we become children of God. And he says it plainly, by faith in Christ Jesus. Now, remember for people that Paul's writing to who uh, they had, with all that we've studied in these verses, it's important, this verse is significant when you remember that these individuals have started turning back to circumcision. So they are, in their mind, they're beginning to think that all are the children of God by circumcision. So what Paul is stating is, very, is, is completely contrary to this, this idea that they had began to embrace and move to in their belief. And for us today, again, the application is that you are the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus, not by any other thing. You're not a child of God because you were born into this church, and it's a great church, and it's a Baptist church, and whatever else you want to attach to it, you're not a child of God today because of those things. You're not a child of God today because you have taught Sunday school since you were old enough to have the wisdom to teach. We are the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. And a lot of times in life you see that people want to give themselves the title of a child of God, but they also have never declared their faith in Christ Jesus. Well, there is an aspect in which we are all the children of God and that He created us. In that aspect, we are all His 
children. But in the spiritual sense in which Paul is speaking, not everyone is a child of God. And it's a sad and a heavy fact, but it is truth this morning. Because not everyone has put their faith in Christ Jesus. In fact, if you have not put your faith in Him, you are not a child of God, but you are an enemy, God, enemy of God due to your sin. But I don't want us to move too quickly past this thought without thinking about the blessing of being a child of God. For one, it demonstrates the great love that God has for you and I because we understand that we have been, we have been made God's son through adoption. We are adopted when we receive the Spirit of God and you and I should wonder at the thought that God has taken you and I to be His own. That when we were yet in our sin, that He still loved you and I and that He made a way for us to become His adopted sons. Being a child of God this morning, being labeled as a child of God speaks to the certainty of our identity. You've heard people say before, well, I love them like my own son or daughter. But if you check the records, if you go to the legal documents, they are, they're not their son or daughter. It's just a saying that we like. It's that person saying that that individual is special to them or that individual means a lot to them. But if you check the records, they're not literally that person's son or daughter. Well, this word here, it was a word that they, they used in official records speaking of adoption. And so if you look at that word and it's saying that legally we are literally made by legal statement we are made the sons and daughters of God no questions can be raised as to our identity you can check the records and it's going to say that we are the sons and the daughters of God in fact we are so much a child of God that the Bible in Romans 8 says that we are joint heirs with Jesus as the ESV study Bible explains, the Greek word represented by sons was their legal term used in adoptions and inheritance laws in first century Rome. So it's not as if God is saying, I love them as my own. God is saying, they are my own. And with this, sonship comes full privileges, obligations, and inheritance rights of being one of God's children. We are in the most official sense, one of His. And also in Romans 8, we see that being a child of God means that we have a glorious future ahead of us. He says a verse that most people know well. He says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That us is referring to those who are the children of God. And being a child of God brings incredible amount of comfort because when God has set his love upon you as a son nothing and I mean nothing will cause his love to cease as I was thinking about the idea of being a child of God my mind was thinking about the what we call the prodigal son the son was given his inheritance he went and he wasted it all away squandered everything his father had given him and he come to the end of it all and he had nothing left and he said I'll just go home and see if I can be a servant my father's house. But when he came home, ashamed and empty-handed, he found that his father still loved him. And his father welcomed him home and was glad he had came home. That's the kind of love that God has for you and I. But also this morning, 
in verse 27, you see that Jesus is our covering. He says, for as many of you, this is kind of an explanation of how we become the children of God. He says, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now there's the spiritual process that happens through the Spirit in which, of course, there's a literal baptism where we are submerged underwater and to outwardly resemble what takes place on the inside and but there's also a spiritual thing that takes place where we are baptized into Christ, where we are united with Him, where we are identified with Him, where we are made one with Jesus. It's a work that the Spirit does within us when we put our faith in Christ. And when we believe and when we are baptized into Him, the Bible says that you have put on Christ. The term put on speaks of putting on a garment. It's like putting on some type of clothing. As I studied that word, all I could think about was like when I put on this jacket, the way I, I put it over my arms and then I cover myself up with it. Well, that's what Jesus Christ is for you and I. Again, a thought that I feel like we often rejoice over is that when we say that when God looks at us, He no longer sees us, He no longer sees our sin, He no longer sees our rebellion, He no longer sees our faults and our failures, but He sees His Son. And at that thought, we can find truth for that thought through verses like verse 27, where we have put on Christ. He's my covering. When God sees me, He sees His Son. Verse 28, we see that Jesus brings unity. He says that there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ Jesus. Again, that verse may not seem as significant to you and I, but again, putting ourselves in the context, here's believers that at worst they thought that circumcision is what required, they were required to be, was what required of them to be saved. At best, they thought that circumcision had to be added on to their faith to really make them, you know, to really make them spiritual and extra special. So with that in mind, you read again, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female. When we are baptized into Jesus, when we are saved, we are all made one. Now this, this verse does not remove gender, gender differences or un, the uniqueness that each of us has. What it is expressing is the truth that there's not any spiritually elite people. The Jew who is, puts its faith in Christ... Is, at the, is in the same right standing with God. Who The Jew who has been circumcised has been mindful of the law. No doubt they failed it, but have tried to be mindful of it. But they put their faith in Christ. They are in the same right standing with God as the Gentile over here who has put his faith in Christ or her faith in Christ and been converted. There is no people that are closer to God or, or in the sense of our spiritual standing or somebody that's more justified in the sight of God than the next person. We're all one in Christ Jesus because whether you've kept the law or tried to keep the law rather or whether you've never even thought twice about the law, when you are saved and brought into the body of Christ, we are all justified because of our faith in Christ. The one who was circumcised is not up here whereas the person who's not been up circumcised is down here. We're all one. The servant, the slave who has been saved, it means when it says bond, the slave who has been saved by putting his faith in Christ is not down here, whereas the free person who maybe had servants under him in this biblical context is not up here. 
We're all one in Christ Jesus. You might have more money than your neighbor. You might have more money than the person you're sitting beside this morning. But if they have put their faith in Christ and you have put your faith in Christ, you're not up here in the sight of God and this person's down here. This should bring a certain humility to our heart. The person who maybe was out on the street, who was involved in all sorts of the evil of the world, but then they put their faith in Christ, they're in the same justified standing as the child who was raised in church at VBS at every revival meeting. They're in the same justified standing. We're not superior to any of those around us. The person who maybe don't attend a church like ours, the person who maybe don't dress like us when they go to church, the person who maybe don't carry the same Bible translation that we do, there is no superior standings when it comes to our standing before God. Yes, we can draw closer to God, we can draw closer to Him in fellowship, but I'm speaking of justification. There's not someone who's justified more than the next person. We're either cleared of all charges in Christ or we're not. Again, to add emphasis to the truth given in verse 28, the Life Application Study Bible explains that some Jewish men greeted each new day by praying, and this was their prayer according to this commentary and others. Lord, thank you that I'm not a Gentile, a slave, or a woman. What I'm telling you this morning is we should never pray a prayer that resembles that in any way. I like that same commentary goes on to say, but when we allow our differences to separate us from our fellow believers, we are disregarding clear biblical teaching. It says, make a point to seek out and appreciate people who are not just like you and your friends. And we can come to this place. That's a powerful step for Christians. Because a lot of times we have this idea, this mentality that if someone's not like us, then they're wrong. And that's not so. Remember, we are all one in Christ Jesus. The Grace and Truth Study Bible says, and, and I, I will say I'm guilty, is when I started studying these verses, I maybe didn't see as much significant, significance in them, but the Grace and Truth Study Bible says these four verses are, are the central point to the entire letter. Ethnicity, social status, and gender do not change the terms of how someone is united to Christ. We're all united to Christ the same way, by believing in Him. And then finally this morning, in verse number 29, Jesus makes you an I an heir. He says, if you be Christ's, if you've put your faith in Him, if you've been baptized into Him, He says, then are you Abraham's seed. Now remember, why is that significant? Because those promises that God gave Abraham, and therefore your heirs according to the promise. If you put your faith in Christ, then are you Abraham's seed. And remember, the promise to Abraham was that in him, in his seed, all the nations would be blessed. And that blessing is justification by faith. So if you put your faith in Christ, if you be Christ, and you're an heir of that promise of blessing, you're a partaker of that promise of blessing. What that means is justification is yours. Being declared innocent by God is a reality for your life. And again, the verse takes on new meaning when you remember 
the context that these people, these believers that Paul was writing to are not heirs because they had been circumcised. They're not heirs because they maybe came from Jewish descent. They are heirs if they, believe, if they belong to Jesus. And you and I take that application for our life and understanding again that it's not, the blessing of God is not just for those who come from the lineage of Abraham. Blessing from God comes to you and I by faith in His Son. You cannot earn God's blessing by doing all the right things. The Galatian believers needed to understand that and so do we this morning. That we have no hope but Him. Matthew Henry makes a great point in solidifying the text in our minds. He said, but no outward forms or professions can secure these blessings. Your blessings this morning come through Jesus. So may our study this morning in the text help us to see and be reminded that He is the greatest blessing God has ever given us. May we love Him more for it. May we adore Him more for it. And may we draw to Him And have fellowship with Him like we never have before. If you will, this morning I'll ask you to stand with me. If Mark wants to come, will come around and Miss Tamara. And uh, Miss Tamara, you can begin playing as you, as you get, get prepared. I mentioned in, in opening and, I've, and I said when I first came here, my, my desire is to help you and to, help, and to, to see myself grow more and more in love with Jesus. And I think focusing our attention on Him is the best way to do that because you can't learn more about Jesus and not fall more in love with Him. The more you know about Him, the more your heart's going to adore Him, the more, that you're gonna, the more precious He's going to become to you. And these verses set our attention on Him. Because for these believers who began to look at circumcision as something that had meaning and something that had value and as something that was significant in their life, Paul was saying, it's, it's not that, it's Jesus. If you have a right standing with God, it's not because you've been circumcised. It's not because you have done everything else the law said to do. If you have a right standing with God, it's through Jesus. And that's true for you this morning. If you have a right standing with God, it's through Jesus. So adore Him for it. Love Him for it. Be devoted to Him for it. If through the text the Lord has opened your eyes to see you're not as devoted to Him as you should be, then maybe He'd have you pray in this, this immediate context, this invitation time. He'd help you to be more faithful. He'd help your heart to be more wrapped up in Him. But if you've never put your faith in Him, then I challenge you to, to, to get your eyes off everything else. And set your eyes on Him. Because it's the only way you can be justified. There's no other way. As Mark comes around and leads us in a song, if you need to pray in this immediate hour, I encourage you and challenge you to do so. The altars are open.
I want to thank everyone for being here this morning, and uh, thank you for your attention. Uh, thank you for, for praying for us. Thank you for, for all, your, all you do, and uh, thank God for his blessings and his kindness. And uh, I want to invite you to our service Wednesday night. I'll be here at 7 Wednesday evening, and uh, looking forward to, uh, to that time and opportunity to be together with one another. And I've been meaning to say that if, if, if you ever leave from a service and... and uh, you have questions about a, a text, if the Lord's dealing with you and, and you want to look further into something we studied or the Lord has brought something to light in your life and you need to talk, then feel free to reach out to me. I know Pastor James would tell you the same. Um, if, if, you know, don't feel like if you didn't come during the invitation or if you didn't come at the altar that you have missed it and there's no, no hope for you. Um, there's, there's opportunity this morning and I want you to make sure you know that you have, always have access to me, and uh, I know Pastor James would tell you the same if we could be of any help to you. If the Lord calls the text to, to deal with your heart, and, and I pray that he'd make it the meditation of each of our heart each week as we study things together and learn that we wouldn't leave and just forget about all things related to our Christianity until we come back on Wednesday. That's not, that's not true Christianity this morning. There's something seriously lacking if that's, if that's our we're life with Christ. Um, but I'm thankful for his kindness, his grace that's at work in us to make us who he'd have us to be. Does anybody have any announcements here or things you want to make mention of, a testimony this morning before we dismiss our service? All right, if not, I hope you all have a great week. Remember, we'll not have service tonight. However, has a great, uh, enjoyable Labor Day tomorrow. hope you get to spend some time, extra time with your families this week. I know that's precious time. But let's pray and we'll dismiss our service. Father, we love you this morning. Thank you for first loving us. God, thank you for your kindness towards us. God, we thank you for who you are, and God, thank you for your, your mercy. Thank you for the love you've shown us. Thank you for Christ. Lord, as we studied this morning, it's the greatest thing you've given us. Lord, we have, we have enjoyed so many blessings, and they all come from your hand. Lord, our health, our strength, God, the clothes we wear, our families, Lord, our chil the children that different parents here enjoy, Father, all that's from your hand. But God, the greatest thing you've given us is Jesus, for Lord, he is how we become a child of God. He is... Lord, our covering, and he has made us one, Lord, and God, he's made us an heir. And uh, Father, we're grateful for that. Lord, pray that our hearts would focus upon that as we leave today. God, I do pray and ask that you'd make, uh, Lord, the things we studied in Sunday school, the thing we have studied this morning in preaching, Lord, make those things the meditation of our heart. God, help it to be something that we just can't get away from all week and cause our heart to grow from it and to rejoice in the truths that we've learned. God, help our lives to be aligned to those things. Help us just to be growing in our faith and be becoming the people that you'd have us to be. Help this church, Lord, to do what you'd have us to do in advancing the kingdom of God. Lord, help all of our ministries, God, and help those people who serve in each area. Strengthen them for the work you've called them to. And God, ultimately, would you provide your blessing and, and a fruitfulness upon it, God, because without you, it'll all be in vain. Uh, Lord, we want to pray for Pastor Steve this morning, his family. Uh, Lord, as they're walking through a heavy time, God, and uh, Lord, I just pray for your comfort towards them. God, in your grace to be at work in their lives, the Marlowe family, God, and everything they're going through, just pray for them. God, pray for your strength and peace, Lord, in this uh, time of turmoil that they are experiencing. Lord, we love you, and uh, thank you for first loving us. And in the name, above all names, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.